Fasting is absolutely a privilege and a blessing uh, of Christians. It is an honor that we get to be able to fast and pray. It is a blessing that we get to fast and pray. Because in it, it is, it is a tool, it is a weapon that God has given us in order to connect with him and ask for his kingdom to be poured out here in our lives today. And I don't know what you see or how you feel about our community, about the families and everything that's going on, but I believe that we need a supernatural intervention. I believe it. So when we pray and we fast, we're doing it because God has given us promises that if we seek him, that he's going to move in power. And I want to just remind you of some of the key scriptures that we love and hold dear so that throughout your 21-day fast this journey, or maybe you've never fasted before, but you're going to do a day or two or just entertaining the idea. These are scriptures that give us our reason for why we fast and pray. Jeremiah 29, verse 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. There is a strong connection between my heart and my stomach. I'm not even trying to be funny because it's so true, but it is also funny. There's a strong connection. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. We talked about this last week. God is not a God who exaggerates. So when God says that he's going to reveal great and mighty things... They're great and mighty things. Matthew 7, verse 7, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? If you, then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? And Hebrews eleven six, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God, for the person who comes to God must believe that he is and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Those who diligently seek him. So I'm ready for this 21-day fast. We do it every year in January because we're wanting our year to be saturated by the presence of God. We want to start on the right foot. We're saying, God, we know that we need a supernatural move of God in my life, in the life of the church, in the life of our family. As you know, I'm fasting for several reasons. There are personal reasons, me as a son uh, of God, right, adopted through the bloodshed of Jesus Christ. I want to grow in intimacy, right, and in hearing the voice of the Lord as a, as a husband and as a father, I want to make sure that I am honoring God and I'm welcoming the Holy Spirit in my home with the way that I lead, right, and the way that I live. As a pastor, boy, I want to make sure that I am saturated by the presence of God and that I am not just taking you through church models after church models after church model. Anybody that's with me on that? We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. So 21 days of fasting, it's a joy, it's a privilege, it's a blessing. And so many of us are doing this, and you're doing it for the first time, and you have some questions. I hope to answer some of those questions today. Um, what we'll do is if you have any questions afterwards, feel free to reach me right after service. I'm going to hang out, make sure that I answer any questions that you may have about the fast. But it is 21-day fast beginning today. And uh, along with the 21-day fast, we're going to do this um, 
um, this devotional, a 21-day devotional, there is a bi- there's an application that you can get on your smartphone. If you have a smartphone or if you have an iPad or a tablet or even if you just have computer access, a laptop, we want you to get the application called the Bible app, the Bible app or version, version, or you can go online to the Bible app. And there, there is a specific plan called Awakening, Awakening. And many of us can read it together and we can dialogue together. So if you're one of those people who like to do that, if you download the app on your phone and then look me up, if you're not my friend on the Bible app yet, right, don't look for Carlos Hernandez because that's just like the Dominican John Smith. There's like a million Carlos Hernandezes out there. <laughs> Who's, I'm, I'm not laughing, it's not. <laughs> so anyways, uh, but if you look at my email, Carlos at the rock, Carlos at the rock, dash ag.com carlos at the rock dash ag.com or carlos hernandez oregon ohio you may be able to um you know go through that list and find me Uh, there if you if you befriend me i'm able to welcome you into this plan and others are able to welcome you into the plan i'd love to do that journey together with you to have give you access to know what i'm thinking and how it's ministering to me and hear how god's ministering to you so if you uh, have questions about the bible app um, hang out after service and we'll make sure to get you connected um, and, and that you can, you're connected to the right plan as well. And some of us are asking, what, what is fasting? What is fasting? What is it about? And let's just go through a refresher really quickly. And I'm going to give you a definition that I think will make sense for why we're fasting. There are a lot of people who fast. Some people fast for medical reasons. There's tons of reasons why people fast. But I want to tell you why we're fasting. And what fasting is to us. Fasting is a putting aside or limiting our consumption of food in order to focus on feeding our spirits. Right? And pursuing God. So what, what are we fasting? We are fasting food, limiting the amount of food that we're taking in or the kinds of food that we're taking in for the purpose of that when that hunger kicks in or when that craving kicks in, we're going to take that craving as reminders to say we need to seek the Lord Seek his word, feed our spiritual men, and grow closer to God. At the same time, we're going to ask God when those cravings come in, when we're asking for our sons and our daughters who need to be saved, and when we're asking for freedom in our lives, and when we're asking for God to bring about a breakthrough financially in our lives, or when we're asking God to move into school, whenever that craving kicks in and you're like, Burger King, you're going to say, okay, craving, Lord, Lord, I need salvation in my schools. I I want you to just think about that reality. Because you're putting aside a craving for the greater deal. Right? So some of us will be fasting very differently because some of us are at different places in our walks and we may have different medical challenges and somewhat and we have to be wise about the way that we fast. But some of us are going to fast from sun up to sun down. You know? Maybe you fast to six to six, basically. Um, And that's just juices and, and water or... And, and no food from 6 to 6. Some people are going to do what we call a Daniel fast. And a Daniel fast consists of eating certain things, predominantly not eating meats, not eating breads, and not eating sweets. You know, just making a decision to put away bread, to put away meats, and to put away seats, uh, sweets. And that's a, uh, that's a typical Daniel fast. Some, some people do a no meats, no sweet, no pop. They do bread, but they do no meat, no sweets, and no pop. Some people... You know, just focus on the sugar or the coffee, whatever it may be. 
what's important is that you listen to the lead of the Holy Spirit and you say throughout this 21-day fast, Lord, what do I give to you? If you've never fasted before, maybe it's a good idea to start with one meal a day. Some of you are like, oh, well, I'm straight because, you know, it's great. I never eat breakfast anyway. I'll just fast it to the Lord for the rest of my life. It's like me. I don't eat celery, so I'm fasting it until the Lord. No, that's not a fast, okay? That's just convenient, okay? It's a difference. So, again, um, maybe you can fast a meal a day. Uh, Maybe, you know, if you've not fasted for long periods of time, you want to start slowly and progress into, you know, restraining yourself from, from greater things, right, from from more foods. And whatever you do, as you're fasting, you're probably, there may be a time where you're tempted and you make a, mis- you make a mistake. Jesus still loves you. Jesus is still on the throne. And he is still excited about the fact that you're seeking for him to move supernaturally in your life. So get back up and keep fasting. Amen? Let's just keep moving forward. Now just a word of advice. Some of us, may have a difficult time entering into our fast because yesterday we said, you know, we're fasting tomorrow. Bring out the steak, bring out the bacon, bring out every single brownie mix that we have in Jesus' name. We're going to do this tonight. Woo! And you did that clear till four in the morning. Okay, listen, it may be a little difficult. You may be hallucinating. I don't think that's prophetic, okay? So if you're getting visions right now, I don't think that's the Lord. No. Uh, you know, and, and in the same, so, you know, just kind of be aware that your body needs time to process certain things. Be aware that when you go through a fast, when you go through a fast, there's typically two to three days of a headache, of great discomfort. There's a coating that sometimes gets on your tongue. It just, it gets uncomfortable sometimes, but you're going to be able to make it through those three days. You're not going to die. Amen. You're going to make it, and it's going to be worth it, Right. And then when the fast is over, let me just tell you, when the fast is over, also wean yourself back, right, into what you're eating. I made a many of mistakes coming off a fast. I remember first time I said, okay, I'm going to fast a week. Come on, Jesus, nothing but liquids. I don't want nothing but cranberry, apple juice, and water. That's it. And I was excited. I lasted four days. Excited about that, okay. And then when I broke my fast, I was like, okay, well, all right, here we go, steak and shake. Praise God. I went to steak and shake. I got me a Frisco melt and those fries, and it was, it was not good. It's not good, okay? So just have some wisdom as you enter into your fast. Have some wisdom as you come out of your fast. Your body, right, will respond according to what you put in, what you take out. And so let me just say this. Fasting is difficult. There's no way. There, ten easy steps to make fasting a breeze. They don't exist. Fasting is meant to be a sacrifice. You will be hungry. It will be uncomfortable, but you will not die. But let me just tell you this. Fasting will be worth it. God will meet us, God will heal us, God will provide, God will restore, and God will save. And fasting, by the way, is not to manipulate God to do our will, but rather, fasting is lining up to God. Fasting is connecting with God and yearning with God and saying, God, I want your heart's desire to be my desire. 
And fasting is praying according to the word of God. Do you believe that God, that there are people who need salvation this morning? We're partnering with God and asking for God to do that. Do you believe that God is a God who heals? We're partnering with God and asking for God to do that. Do you believe that God is a God who prospers and who blesses? And we're asking for God's blessing, right? So we're partnering with the word of God and we're asking for God to move in our lives. And I want to tell you this, that this fast is not a forced fast, okay? It's It's voluntary. First year I was a pastor, I think some people who were, I th- Laura, Becca, tell you, the first thing I said, I said, okay, I'm a pastor, mandatory fast, everybody, for a month. <laughs> you know, and I didn't realize I said mandatory, right? It was definitely mandatory for staff and leadership, but I, you know, I step up to the pulpit, I was like, mandatory fast, we're fasting. People were like, okay. I didn't, I realized the church decreased in numbers, but. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, kind of funny. You know, so, no, but it's a voluntary thing. I can't ask you to seek God for you. That's between you and God, right? It is a voluntary thing. This is a choice. If your desire for God to move in your life doesn't move you to do something that will be uncomfortable for 21 days, then don't fast. If your desire for the move of God is not greater than your desire for Burger King, don't fast. Because you have to get a vision of why fasting matters. You got to get clarity of why it's worth it. And it's going to be hard, it's going to be difficult, but it's going to be worth it. And today, uh, one of the things that I hope to do and that we hope to do as a church, and I hope that it's a part of our DNA as a church, is that we would realize that fasting is not just something that we do like a a lunar eclipse, but rather that fasting will become a regular practice of your life. Because fasting is supposed to be a regular practice of every believer. I want you to hear it. Just like you pray, just like you're in the Word, just like you're in fellowship, and just like you give, you need to be fasting. Fasting is a part of your spiritual discipline of the gifts that God has given you to be able to connect with him and to welcome the supernatural reality in your life. Now, let me tell you several reasons. Again, this is more of a, a, of a pep talk here, a, a, a pep rally as we move forward in our 20, 21 day fast. I want to tell you some reasons why Christians are called to fast. And I, and I want to make that clear. I'm not saying why Christians should fast because then it makes it either a guilt thing or something that you need to consider. And I'm telling you, it's an act of obedience that God calls all of us to do. Okay? Why are Christians called to fast? Number one, because when we fast, we're choosing to be controlled by God instead of being controlled by our appetites. Okay? There's a changing of the guard. When you and I give our lives to Jesus, we say, Lord, we want you to be Lord of our lives. We want you to have your way. We want you to save us. He cleanses us with his blood. He gives us a new heart with new desires. He deposits his Holy Spirit into our lives. And then he says, now I want you to engage with my work. I want you to engage with my work. And engaging in that work means I have to now make a decision to not only call you Lord, but make sure that you're seated at the place, at the throne of my heart. And so when I fast, when I fast, it is me making sure that I am controlled by God and not by my appetites. 
Philippians chapter 3, 7 on down, Paul basically says this, I gave up everything for Jesus. And whatever the world gave me, I counted as garbage for the Lord. Why? Because I want to know him. I want to know him in his suffering, and I want to know him in his resurrection. And I haven't arrived yet. I'm not speaking to someone who has arrived, but I'm speaking to someone who is straining forward. Straining straining that means persevering that means difficult right i'm straining ahead i'm moving ahead i have a vision in mind right and then after he says all that in verse uh, 17 he says to the church join together in following my example do as i do and do as we do who are following god and in verse 18 he says this for as i have often told you before and now tell you again even with tears in my eyes many live as enemies of the cross of jesus their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. Now, several years back, I was again in, in a devotion in Ephesians, and I was reading that portion of Scripture, and I was like, man, these people are really messed, really messed up to not know the Lord. So messed up to not know the Lord. Look, they are, they are carnal their God is their stomach. That is just terrible. Their mind is on earthly things all the time. And, and then the Lord, the Holy Spirit, convicted me and said, well, my son, I got that in there for you. And you're looking at Johnny, but I, I want you to look at you right now. And when was the last time you gave up food to hang out with me? And then, and then, and then the other question was, what are you med meditating on lately? What's lately been having... A hold of your mind what's controlling your thought life and again in regards to what I look forward to in regards to what I'm planning to invest in in regards to that's what I'm talking about there right so I realize fasting is so necessary because it makes sure that I'm serving God and not my appetites reason number two why the church should be fasting where Christians fast why it's fundamental for our walk because we are called to engage in the transformation process. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, therefore, considering all that Jesus has done for you, in view of God's mercy, offer your life like an offering to God, like a living sacrifice. Don't conform to the cookie cutter that this world is giving. Don't be like this world. Don't conform to the pattern of the curses and the iniquity this world has given you, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And as your mind is renewed, then you will be able to taste and prove and see what the good and perfect will of the Lord is. You know what that's saying? It says this, I can come to church and not be transformed. I can be a member and not be transformed and not be engaged. I can experience the presence of God, the person of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to say this, I can even experience the gifts of the Holy Spirit, whether it be prophecy or speaking in tongues or whatever gift or healing. I can experience all those things and be in church completely untransformed. And I give you evidence of that. Read 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, a church that had the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit was there, but they were not walking out the life. They were not walking their transformation out. And Galatians chapter 5, another portion of scripture where Paul says to the church, if you live in the spirit, walk also in the spirit. 
And I think that it's very possible to come to church and live in a place where God's moving, where God's healing, where God's power is present, and yet we're not walking it out. I'm not talking to you about something that I see. I'm talking about something that I live. You, you hearing me? I, I know what it is to come to God and then have that weight of sin come off my shoulders and be excited about the freedom that I have in Jesus and just be super excited and then all of a sudden begin to encounter the difficult things of the gospel. Say, oh, I don't really have to do that. You know? Well, I don't, you know, this fasting thing could be difficult. Nobody has to know if I'm fasting or not. This reading the Bible every day could be a difficult, you know, nobody has to know that. Nobody has to know that I'm not in the scriptures. Nobody has to know that I'm not witnessing. Nobody has to know that I'm watching this. Nobody has to know. And I can come to church, and I just love the church because the church is awesome. The worship is awesome. The anointing is awesome. The preaching is awesome. Everything is great, and I get this charge to go through the week. And if I just go to church and just hang out with the believers and eat, then things are good, right? Things are good. And before we know it, what we've accepted is the short plan of how to backslide. A short plan on how to live in compromise. And then we get uncomfortable when people call us out in our sin. Well, there's just a whole lot of judgment in the church. I'm going to walk away from that one. Back to my notes. <laughs> to engage, God calls us to be engaged in the process of transformation. You know, I wish I could tell you that all I have to do is come to God and come to the altar and say, here I am, you do all the work, I'll just sit here and wait. But that's not the way the Lord works. It's not the way He operates. Another reason why Christians are called to fast is because it awakens first love. It keeps our love and our passion for God burning. Should you be passionate for God or should you just coast? Are we called to coast? Or are we called to be passionate for God? Well, how do you interpret this scripture? Romans 12, 11 through 12. Never be lacking in zeal. Never. Never lack in zeal or passion. Never lack in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. When you meet Jesus face to face, may the Lord say, you were never lacking in seal. You always were fervent. You were passionate in serving me. When things got tough, I saw the joy that you had because of the hope that you had. You were patient in affliction, and you were faithful in your prayers when things got tough. Now that's a testimony. That would be a testimony. God calls us to never be lacking in seal, but keep our spiritual hunger, fervor, serving the Lord, and be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And I'm going to tell you from my own experience that if I'm not fasting, that I am not, if I'm not practicing the discipline of fasting and being in the Word of God and in prayer, I'm going to open up my appetite to other things. And fasting helps me to direct my strength into the things of the Lord. But, and so, therefore, it, it encourages me to be in the Word. It encourages me to think of the Lord, and it, 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 it excites me about the will of God even when things are difficult. But when I'm not fasting, it opens, it opens the doors for others' appetites and for compromise on things that are not sinful, 
but just things that are not beneficial, right? So fasting helps me to make sure that I have the right rhythms in my life. Consequently, when I fast, I'm a sports person. I love sports. I'm going to always love sports. I think sports are great. But sometimes they can get out of balance in my life, right? Fasting helps me to make sure that sports stuff doesn't get out of balance in my life. And because when I'm fasting, I'm not watching many games. You want to know why? There's one too many pizza commercials during the game. <laughs> There's way too much food in between. You know, it's like I'm, all of a sudden I'm not thinking about the game anymore. I'm thinking about the food, right? And I'm like, oh, I can't wait till this 21 day is over. <laughs> Vito's, I'm coming for you, right? And then I'm not meditating on big Jesus, right? So it does help me. I mean, personally, I know I think, I know you need to pray for me, all right? Now you know. You need to pray for me. But it helps me, right? It helps me keep in rhythm. It helps me to pay attention to what I'm watching. It helps me to make sure that I'm investing myself and my energy in the right things. We're going to close pretty soon here. Another reason why we're called to fast is because fasting welcomes the move of God. It is when we fast and pray that God will give you the greatest revelation. I want to repeat that if you hear nothing else, you'll receive the greatest revelation from God as you fast and pray as a believer. I believe that with all my heart. You look at the scriptures, people who pray and fast, they receive revelation. Daniel prayed and fasted and he received revelation. And if you think of Daniel, Daniel received revelation of stuff that's still to come. Daniel received revelation of Jesus Christ before he was incarnate. Before he came in the flesh. Incredible reality. The greatest revelation, you'll re receive great revelation in your life with fasting and prayer. And I will say this, and I'll say this boldly. I'll say this confidently because I believe it. I believe that we miss out on blessings because we're not fasting and prayer, praying. I believe that there's revelation to be had, that there's victory to be had when we fast and we pray. I believe that with all my heart. Acts 13, verse 2, the church was worshiping the Lord, and they were fasting and praying. And the Holy Spirit said to them, while they were fasting and praying, set apart from me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. What? So God revealed to the church as they were fasting and praying that Paul and Barnabas were called to witness to the Gentile world. And a great mission work begun in fasting and prayer. The greatest movements in the history of the church Every movement that's great in the history of the church started with revival, uh, started with prayer. Robert Ord, I think is his name, he said, there is no revival that did not begin with prayer. There is no revival that did not begin with prayer. Fasting and prayer welcomes the move of God in our lives. It welcomes revival in our land. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. And I will heal their land. If, if an usher can help me with the pulpit today. I want you to just notice how God is inviting us. So I just... I'm calling you to begin to be uncomfortable with the condition of your world, the condition of your family, the condition, the addiction you're battling with, the, the compromise in your life. I'm calling you to get uncomfortable. If you seek me, you're going to find me. I'm going to 
I'm going to forgive your sins and I'm going to heal your land. This is God, again, this is God calling us to partner with him. Would you stand with me right now? There are a lot of people who say, well, you know, we don't fast anymore because that's Old Testament stuff. We're living in the age of grace. We just need to receive grace. People who fast, they think that they're going to be saved because of their fasting. No, we're saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Fasting is not about salvation. Fasting is a gift from God. It's a gift from God. A gift from God to, to receive his blessings and welcome his manifold blessings, not only in our lives, but in those that surround us. Oh, I hope that you and I will grow to be a church that fast. That we will grow to be a church that says, you know what, I'm comfortable being hungry for the kingdom of God. I'm comfortable hungering for the presence of God. There's a great move in South Korea in the 90s. 750,000 people in one church. Right? Small groups throughout that nation through a pastor named Yongi Cho. But before the movement began, there was prayer and fasting and sacrifice that was. And I, I want you to hear this. We're going to talk about prayer and fasting a lot throughout this week. And I use prayer and fasting together because they were never meant to be separate entities. When the church prayed, they fasted. It was an attitude. It was a pursuit, right? There's, so, so, so you'll hear that, and we'll explain that a little bit more. But what I'm, there are going to be times where your prayer is supposed to be coupled with fasting, right? And your fasting should always be coupled with prayer. We pray all the time, even when we're not fasting. But fasting is to be coupled with prayer. And so uh, anyway, so there was uh, this movement of 750,000 people who were serving the Lord uh, begun with prayer, and there were people who committed their lives to go up to the mountain and pray, dedicate their entire lives to pray, for a, to ask for God to move in revival over South Korea. And one of these elderly ladies who had dedicated many years to prayer had come down and met one of the leaders. And the leaders was so humble. The leader just looked at her and says, wow, you're so amazing. I just want to thank you for your sacrifice. You've sacrificed so much for God. And she looked at him and said, sacrifice do you know the god that i serve sacrifice do you know the god that i serve and it took me a while to understand what that meant but it meant this i went up there to give my life sacrificially so that god can pour out in glory and, and might here on, on on south korea but what i encountered was a god who satisfied my hunger and my thirst and revealed his glory to me. And I would not exchange his glory for whatever this world has to offer me. Sacrifice. Do you know who my God is? Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, as we come before you, we thank you today for the power of your Holy Spirit. Being here, being present and moving in our lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that today you're giving us vision for life. And thank you that you've given us this great gift of praying and of fasting. 
my brothers and my sisters, some of us uh, are going to do this for the very first time. I just, I'm so proud of them. I thank you for encouraging them and showing them exactly what to give up throughout these 21 days or however many days they feel led by you to give up. Lord, I just thank you for victory. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for all of the things that are represented here, God, that I believe are part of what's represented in this house. I want to thank you for healing over our bodies. I want to thank you for healing over our mind. I want to thank you for salvation for those, our loved ones who don't know you yet. I want to thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit to bring about deliverance and freedom from addiction and from strongholds and from demonic activity in our lives. I want to thank you, Lord God, that the chains of pornography will fall off in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord God, for freedom from nicotine and all other forms of addiction that hold us back, Father God. I want to thank you today, Lord God, for uh, just direction. Some of us are seeking you for direction, and I pray, God, for the power of your Holy Spirit to bring clarity, to bring discernment, to bring direction. I want to thank you, God, for the way that you provide. I thank you that financially you're going to bless your people as they seek you. And the way that you're going to bless them is, number one, you're going to give them wisdom to handle their finances. You're going to show them what they need to sacrifice in order to, be, to, to receive the finances that you give, and you will bless them supernaturally, financially. And God, I thank you, Father God, for community. I thank you, Lord God, that throughout this fast, there are some people who have battled with a great deal of loneliness. The Lord says, it's over. That's, you, you live in loneliness because you made a decision to live there. But I'm calling you out of that place. I'm calling you out of that place right now, and I'm calling you into the community. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. This is what we're going to do, which is very different as we're praying right now. Let me, let me pause for a minute. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here today, and today you need to give your life to Jesus. Today, you know that you need salvation. Today, you know that you're ready to repent of your sins, to walk away from your sins, and you want to live your life for the Lord. The Lord says that He will not turn you away and that you will not be put to shame, that if you trust in Him, that He will take you in and He will not be ashamed of you. Today, you can receive forgiveness. You can receive a new heart and you can be completely transformed. That's not my word. That's the desire of God. So if that's you right now, would you raise your hand right where you're at? Say, I'm ready to follow Jesus. I'm ready to follow Jesus. Amen. 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 I see your hands. Amen. Everybody pray with me. Father God, we come to you broken, sinful and in need of salvation forgive us of our sins cleanse us with your blood give us a new heart begin transforming our minds write our names in the Lamb's book of life we say yes to you Jesus you're my Savior and Jesus 
you're my Lord. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we clap our hands and bless God?